Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here with episode number 43. Music and language learning will be our topic today. Our goal is to give you some practical language learning hacks with the use of music to help you on your journey to becoming a polyglot or just more proficient in another language. So we hope to give you some useful tips today and uh, we look forward to uh, sharing our uh, thoughts and ideas about music and language learning. And Without further ado, I am here with my fantastic co-host, my buddy Jared. How's it going, Jared? Hello, or shall I say good morning? A rare morning edition, uh, for me at least. However, I, I, a rare also just glowing chat in the in the Czech sunlight. It's uh, it's uh, not a bad not a bad start to my day. Um, <laughs> I for appreciate more, it. For uh, pictures of Chad in this beautiful light, when you see his beer of the pod review, follow us on um, Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us on Twitter to uh, see some of those songs, some of the songs of the pod, or some of the uh, what are the other things I post there? Some other things I retweet. Some random thoughts or email us your random thoughts at uh, untranslatable podcast oh wait did i ever say the twitter the twitter's untranslatable one i don't think i ever said it <laughs> <laughs> or or uh this is why i don't do it in the morning apparently or um email us at the untranslatable podcast at gmail.com tell us your untranslatable phrases chad could only find so many check untranslatable phrases i don't know how he does it but he's gonna run it at some sort, and that's when he at some time, and that's when he needs people like you to that's come right. out there and save the day, or tell us uh, about some songs that you learned from school, from your language edu- education. I don't think I had many. I don't think I got because we were I was we were trying to think of a song of the pod based off of um, you know something that we learned in class, like a song that we heard in class, and I don't think I got much music infused to my into my um, language classes. No bafu safu in any of your French classes, No bafu huh? safu. Bafu safu <laughs> You would be hyper fluent in French if you would have had some of those tunes in your French classes. I know. In class, just like shuffling. Dun, 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 dun. Be pretty solid, that's for sure. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. Um, you know, I'll say this, though. It is a nice, beautiful morning. You know, we got a, a, a pretty big snow yesterday in Philadelphia. Uh, my ride um, home doubled in time. It usually takes about 20 minutes. took 45 minutes, which isn't terrible, but it was noticeably rough in, the, in these streets. And the thing about the first snow in any, um, in any season, Philadelphia, I mean, it doesn't get as much snow as, as Michigan, but they're more than used to snow. It's not a foreign object here. And it seems like people always forget how to drive on the first snow. Yep. People you are see sl- a lot of accidents. <laughs> there was an entire there was a street where there were no no exaggeration, at least six buses, maybe more. I'm I think I'm lowballing, and a semi truck just stopped in this one spot, just okay. blocking an entire section of street. And I was just like, what What's happening here? It, it, it was it was like, but like but there's winter here like here all the time. And all of a sudden, these buses are inoperational on this slight uh, incline. It's like, then how does it work all these other years when it snows? Like, does this right. just happen yearly? 
I guess they didn't get their new snow tires on their buses fast enough. And then uh, when I was leaving work, uh, me and my my coworker were laughing because there's this dude that um, people in, in Philadelphia take terrible care of their cars, and there's this dude that just had must have been the balls of tires because. Um, you just heard that you, it was this, this front wheel drive just roasting the tires, oh, <laughs> going nowhere. And it was just, see, it was just like this high pitched <laughs> whining from the tires, like spinning. Yeah. Like he was going, his tires were going like 40 miles per hour. He was going, his actual movement was like three miles per hour. I believe. And um, so Brad, my, uh, you know, the silent uh, but annoying uh, <laughs> person in the background annoying. of. Uh, <laughs> of some of our podcasts, was supposed to come visit this weekend. Um, however, uh, his flight got delayed, then canceled because of, um, I assume because of weather. I don't really know. However, I will say this. By the, it's, it's funny, too, how, how it snows when it, when it snows here. What I've noticed about snows like this that happen in Philadelphia is that they'll have these big snows, but they'll be like kind of like wet. And then like the streets will be cleared like... A cut like a couple hours after um after um it, it snows mostly just or? because it's mm-hmm. mostly just because the weather is always like it's usually a, like around like the 30s so it's not super cold and it's wet stuff so it's like by the like it, it's bad but then by the time it's over it's like fine a couple hours later and the streets are essentially clear again so anyway his flight got canceled and um because he, his flight was on frontier <laughs> and Frontier says many fregista. It wasn't until <laughs> today is Friday, by the way. It wasn't until um, Saturday that they that they had their next flight to. Uh, well, he was flying into Trenton, which is in New Jersey, about forty minutes away. That the next flight was coming in, and, and at that point it was kind of pointless because he's leaving on Sunday. It's like, well, there's no point if you're just going to come for a night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, um, so he just had to. Uh, can't he just had to uh you know we just had to uh pass on the trip and we'll have to do it another time but i took a day off from work so now i just have i guess a me day because <laughs> there's nice. no point of me being like hey can i take this day this day from work like day off back and just come in <laughs> right <laughs> hey, sometimes i don't mind working i just good. thought i'd be hanging out with my friend <laughs> right well that sucks man i'm sorry to hear that i mean yeah man airlines sometimes can be the worst my girlfriend. I, I, I try not con- to blame them because uh-huh. I don't know the full story, but I've True. had. I mean, I've had plenty of bad, bad stories to. Anyway, what were you about to say about your girlfriend? My, my, my girlfriend uh, had a conference out in San Diego this last week, and uh, she left Detroit um, DTW Airport the day that one of the first snowfall uh, snowfalls in Michigan happened, and it turned out that. Uh, she her one flight got delayed and then her connecting flight she only had a 20 minute layover so it was a hot mess Ooh, eventually she figured it out yeah it's that's exactly what whenever i, I see like word. a 30 minute layover or something like that i'm like oh crap because first yeah. of all to begin with it takes at least 10 minutes to get like to get land and get off the plane at least mm-hmm. oh definitely yeah and so I, I yeah, Air, airlines sometimes. I mean, it's it's great that you can fly these long distances, but yeah, depending on the weather, sometimes you can really come into some difficulties. And uh, I remember when we studied abroad in Austria, I only had an hour layover um, from Frankfurt to Vienna, and you had to and, go through customs. 
Yeah, and let me tell you, that was real tight. I actually, I think, I th- oh, sorry, no, I just I'm turning myself down a little bit. I just, uh, I think, um, my layover. I think that was the same for me, but I was in Amsterdam, I believe, and it was also an hour, and I was like, um, <laughs> but luckily, if if you um. One, uh, usually the uh, uh, customs, these, I've never really been in a long customs line. Usually the longest customs lines I have are actually probably coming back to America. I would agree with that, yeah. But like when sure. I, whenever I've gone abroad, customs has usually been pretty quick. When I was in Tanzania, well, I told you, I, well, I told you this, uh, but like when I flew to Tanzania, it almost felt like I could have just, um, like it felt like a, just a domestic flight. <laughs> like just with the, slight stop like a extra you know 10 minute line at the longest 10 minute line uh, on right. the other side but probably even less than that yeah i i would actually agree 100 percent. i've had more issues with customs coming back to the united states and to our own country yep yeah in europe they're just like especially if i land in frankfurt and i speak german with them yeah except this time when i came to the czech republic maybe because it was early in the morning and the guy seemed really friendly, but he was asking me a couple more questions than usual. But they were, but they were like not questions based on what I would think a customs officer would ask you. Like, you know, I I, I said to him, you know, Guten Morgen, good morning for our non-German listeners out there, and um, and he replied, and and then and then he he saw my passport and he saw that I was American, and he said, he said, why why do you speak German? And so I. <laughs> I Why is that so shocking that. to him? He works in customs. Doesn't he see people speaking all sorts of languages all the time? <laughs> Probably, but I'm sure Americans are sadly fairly low on the totem pole with foreign yeah, language that's true. proficiency. That's true. You know. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting, that's for sure. Um, so, airlines and all that in general. So yeah. um we we talk a lot about um we've talked a lot about people getting, you know, cornerstone Carolines. Yep, uh, permit patties. I don't know if this one has a name. I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna call her um, uh, Professor Professor Pat. <laughs> Professor Pati- Patricia. <clears throat> Is it a man uh, or a woman? It's a woman. Okay. So uh, in San Antonio, at the University of Texas at San Antonio, they're investigating a video showing. San Antonio officers escorting a student out of a classroom after a professor allegedly called them uh, called them on her for having her feet propped up on a chair. Um, Twitter user Apurva Rawal posted a video of the incident Monday afternoon. So this happened today in class. A girl uh, had her feet up uh, and the professor called the police uh, after... Uh, calling uh, our class uncivil. <clears throat> he went to say that biology professor Anita Moss had called officers to escort her out. Uh, anyway, um, so I want to say this. The class before this, uh, professor went on a whole tirade af- about how uncivil we all were because a few students were on their phones uh, or not paying attention, cutting uh, lecture time for the rest of us because her ego was bruised. As ups- As upset I am, as I am, that my professor decided to throw a temper tantrum the lecture uh, before an exam and cancel class. I'm even more outraged that she would decide to single out and humiliate a student just to flex her authority in a destructive manner. Um, and there's more, but essentially, um, 
Uh, and so after the cops were called on her, she got escorted out. Uh, the st- uh, some students stuck up for her. So early shout out to them, by the way. But um, um that's, that's so sad in so many yeah. ways. By the I way, mean, guess the race of the uh, of the girl that uh, happened to have her feet up. I'm assuming black. Of course. Right. <laughs> well, first of all, there, there's a lot of problems with this, and obviously we don't know the full story. But um, first of all, how sad is it that you're a professor and you the, you have to call the police? Like that's why I wanted you to bring can't this one manage, up especially. Right. Like you I've, can't. I, I want your opinion on this as someone that manages. Exactly. Classes. I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I was just about to say literally say the sentence as someone who is, you know, responsible for teaching classes with kids, you know, uh, you know, usually I have anywhere from 15 to 30 students in my classes, which, you know, even, even if it's a bigger lecture, it still doesn't matter. First of all, the, 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 I'm going to go kind of as hypocritical as this is, I'm going to go on a little tirade now about this professor's (laughs) tirade. Um, so first of all, you shouldn't, you should never, um, you know, take take away learning opportunities from your students because your feelings are hurt or your ego is bruised. Like the fact that students weren't paying attention, they were on the phones. It's like, well, first of all, Professor Patty, you need to maybe have an exciting enough lecture to keep your students' attention because and you know what? If if obviously I prefer students to not be on their cell phones in my class. And I try to teach classes that are fun and engaging and get the students moving and talking and everything. Obviously, it's a little different atmosphere when you're in a lecture hall with college students. But still, you, I mean, kids are always going to be on their phones. That doesn't necessarily mean they're uncivil. It just means they're bored or you're not doing a good enough job lecturing them, in my opinion. Two, I mean, why? That's ridiculous. You would cancel a class because you think students aren't being very civil. And three, shame on you for having to get the authorities involved. You don't have enough authority in your own classroom. If it would have been my classroom, I would have just kicked them out of the classroom. I would have given them a warning. Put your feet down. That's rude. That's disrespectful. Nobody wants to see your stanky-ass feet, you know? And then if, if I couldn't do that, then I'd be like, all right, pack up your shit and leave my classroom because... Yeah, my, my uncle was a biology teacher in Alaska, and and apparently he used to, you know, really, like, if kids were goofing off and he gave them a warning and they wouldn't listen, he'd just say, well, you're you're ruining everybody else's educational opportunities here. You need to just leave. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the appropriate way to handle it. There's no reason why you need to call the police. I don't care what the ethnicity of the student is. Right. I don't care if they're black, white. Asian, Hispanic, whatever. It no, doesn't I, matter. I, I'm, I know, but I, I, I'll, I won't, all I want to say is that like I can't help but think, like coincidence? I, I think not on that, that it just happens to be a black person. That like right. made you like feel like you really want, needed to flex your authority. And but, I also, dear white people, well, first of all, I love that show on Netflix, but second of all, dear white people, please stop calling police, the, the cops on black people, when they're, you know, when they're just doing normal people things. I mean, I also want to kind of say shame on the cops, too, for even dignifying. Not not the fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand that maybe they showed up. They don't know what they were. They didn't really. Maybe they didn't know what to fully expect. Right. But they actually did then ask her, the, the student, to leave. 
And I, I think that's like, I, I, I like, it's like, wh- what law is she breaking right now? <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, yeah, this might not be how you want to conduct a class, and this night, and this, you might not want her in your class, which is fine, but it's like, that's no excuse. Like, that's not a, she's not breaking a law. That's you. That right. that's the, it, it's just like now it's for you to have control of your students and be like, get out of here. I'm. This is not how I want my class to be run, which is a completely legitimate thing to say to someone that has their right. feet up in right. class. But you, you don't, don't like need that, to call the police. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's no reason. And to the get cops. The, police and the fact that the cops. I mean, the cops don't like you know say like let's go, but they're like I mean they 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 seem like they're at least like hey come on let's let's it seems like you should get out of here. But it's like why are you even dignifying that by even being like what right. laws like we we are we enforce the law. <laughs> We are we are law enforcement. What law right. are we enforcing right now? And the other problem with that too is I'm sure the police officers probably had potentially more important things to be doing. Yeah, than of course. To, of than course. to micromanage a classroom <laughs> their professor couldn't manage they're not, herself. Yeah, they're, they're not like and don't you have like um I mean it's a school. There are also like deans of discipline and deans of blah right. blah student body to that are specifically set up to uh, address student issues. It's like, how is it that you just call the cops? Why is that your? It's just such an odd instinct. And and sadly, it's a very, it's a very white people versus black people instinct. I think. Yeah, it's like, like you stick see the, it a lot. stick the cops on 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 us. Right, which it's is like we know that you can't. What are you gonna do about that? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's really. But messed it's up. also to me, it's also kind of a weird like. It also kind of shows like the ignorance of people that deny. That like the police brutality and stuff like that, because it's almost like you know what you what you're doing when you're like sticking the cops on black people, right? Right. Yet you yet uh and you use it as like your your baby use them like as your babysitters, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yet uh it's because you know like that's the one like oh you like you you, like there's nothing you like you're gonna the one people like group that you'll either like stand down to or they'll like show you they'll show you. Right. Or or the, yeah somehow yeah it's ridiculous. That's really messed up, man. That's man. <clears throat> I just I can never imagine. I think the only time ever in my teaching career when I would ever even think about calling the police is if there's an active shooter situation or one of my students stabs me or another student. You know what I mean? Like right. it's got to be really if laws dire. are being broken. Laws right. are being <laughs> right. If your feet are on the desk, I'm going to tell you to put your feet down, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Call the and if you don't, you. then say, all right, if you're not going to do it, then get out of my class. And I, right. I think that the student would probably be fine to get out of the class. I like, I, I right. feel like that should not. Yeah. And it, even still, if that she and if the student doesn't, then the cops then you probably go to as I said some sort of dean of whatever, which is right. still ridiculous if it even goes to that level. But right. uh, then it's probably on the student at that point. Well, I would say I would say it's not ridiculous if they if they give them numerous warnings and they don't right. listen. It's, yeah, I was but if say, it's a then one at that time point, thing, it's, yeah. yeah, at that point it's ridiculous on the student. But yeah, that's so crazy, man. Oh man. <sighs> This is I, the world. This is the world we live in. I mean, it's the world we've lived in, but it's still the world we live in. Right, and, and that's and why the, I I I, I kind of still sometimes am pessimistic because it's like people are, like live in this blissful ignorance of reality. Oh, for sure. I mean, and and a lot of and you know, I really hope our podcast can enlighten some of our white listeners out there. I'm not trying to say I know everything. I would like to think I'm somewhat woke. You didn't but even know I've, what minstrel shows were. But, I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of uh, a lot of white people need to think a little bit more critically before they do things like call the cops 
on innocent black people. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, if you're having a barbecue with your family, you probably shouldn't <laughs> have to, you know, have the police come. Um, if you're a kid selling water bottles, right, you probably shouldn't. You know, how many white kids? I mean, I grew up lemonade in a neighborhood. Stands. Yeah, it's a, it's that had a lemonade trope. It's it's a cliche at this point, <laughs> right? And I've literally seen police officers drive and stop at a lemonade stand and, and honestly, buy lemonade. Of course, and honestly, yeah. I'd rather get a bottle of water than lemonade. Mm-hmm. At least a bottle of water is a sealed product. Who knows where those grubby kids' hands have been with, with that lemonade that they made? <laughs> I mean, water is probably a lot healthier for you as well. Exactly, but, it's yeah. healthier and cleaner. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. That's so crazy, man. I'm glad you told me about that story. Um, yeah. But have shout you seen, out. Have you yeah. seen or, or like have there been like mutterings of like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like we, when you're in, you know, teaching where it's like blah, 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 lost control of their class. Or have you ever lost control or had to like really flex on a class? I mean, I've never <laughs> had to flex at that <laughs> level. <laughs> I just imagine you just like uh, yes, ripping officer. off your shirt. Hey, oh man, you're messing with the wrong one. <laughs> Well, I've I sit the fuck down or get out. <laughs> I thankfully haven't had to flex too hard on my students. Most of them, most of them listen. But what I've noticed actually the last two or three weeks, uh, I may have mentioned this on the podcast, but I've been having throat problems, and I thought I was catching a cold or maybe. It was well, just I remember our first start, our, our first attempt at a start at this podcast. Well, that was because the water coughing. went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> but that's a, that's a different story. But yeah, so I. I have been losing my voice the last few weeks, and I realize it's always on the weekends when my throat is scratchy. And what I realized was, one, I'm talking too loud in class, two, I'm trying to talk over my students, and three, I think I'm just talking too much, which as we've discussed in other episodes in our podcast, really a language teacher should be talking about 30% of the time, and you should be getting your students to talk 70% of the time. However, if I'm giving a presentation on something, obviously the numbers will be, uh, the percentage will be a little different. But anyways, so what I've been doing now, I, I wouldn't really call it flexing on my students, uh, but I would, what I've been doing now is when my students are talking while I'm talking, I just stop talking. Mm-hmm. And I'll usually do the teacher, make eye contact with them. Yeah, I've seen, and just that. Stop talking. I've seen that move before. Um, yeah, and, and it works really well. It works a lot better than me trying to talk over them. I don't lose mm-hmm. my voice. If I talk over them, other students may see that I'm talking over them and think, okay, well, if we're talking, we can just keep talking and he'll just, you know, say it louder. Right. You know, so another thing I'll do. Like like if, if they think they're whispering or you're not and you're not noticing that they're talking right. or something, it's like, oh, okay, then we can just keep going because he's still going. Exactly. And another, it sounds like you're in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> And I mean, I, my classes, I have to admit, my classes get very talkative, which is good. You know, I'm mm-hmm. their speaking and listening teacher. So it's great for me when they are all talking. And usually I hear a lot of English and not very much Czech, which is really great. So, so shout out to all of my awesome students out there. But one thing that I'll do also to flex on them a little bit is if I have, stu- like if we do something with the whole class and then I ask a few students to give me answers, if there are other students talking in the back, I'll immediately say, you know, what did John say? Mm, and they, yeah. they never know. And so, yeah. you know, that's one thing I do. Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, she's at a different school here in the Czech Republic. She teaches younger students, and she does the little silent coyote. 
And the students, <laughs> I guess, really loved it. They thought it was really cool and funny. What, what, and started well, to do that. What's what's that? I mean, I saw what you just did, the but si- I've never the heard silent it coyote. Before. It's like if you do the like rock on symbol, right? With your pinky and your your uh, index finger up, and then you bring your thumb and your uh, ring and middle finger together. It looks kind of like a fox or a coyote. And they call that a silent coyote? Silent coyote. And in Germany, they do this too, and they call it the Schweigefuchs, the silent fox. Oh, okay. Never it's never u- heard of that. Yeah, it's usually used more so for kids. And then, of course, you have the classic teacher, the... Right. Oh, yeah. And then uh, all the How old are these clap. kids, though? I feel like that's... that's I mean, I don't do that kids. with my kids. They're, right. they're too old. I probably yeah. could. I've seen other teachers clap, though, and it will, it will you know make the students be quiet but i don't think i would respond to that past like 12 right <laughs> 10 one of the, maybe right. <laughs> one of the craziest things i've ever seen a teacher do though is i was in my uh, ap history class in high school and it was i think first or second hour so it was fairly early in the morning we had this one kid who would always sleep in class and so our teacher trying to be resourceful moved this student to the very front of the class thinking if they're in the front row, they won't fall asleep. Well, what ended up happening was they just fell asleep and the teacher could see him blatantly. Right. So he got really... he Many fregista. Exactly. One day, the straw had broken the uh, proverbial teacher or camel's back, mm-hmm. and he threw our, heavy, our heavy-ass American history textbook on the desk. Thankfully, he didn't hit the student. He chipped off a corner of the desk, though. And these wow. were like those, not a wooden desk, but like those, I don't know what they really are. It feels kind of like, not stone, but you know what I mean? Like it's hard material. And it, he broke the corner off that sucker. It was crazy. <laughs> so he like, he didn't just drop it. He slammed he it down. It. Yeah, he threw it. I mean, yeah. like over. Ooh, over that is shoulder. not a fun yeah. way to wake up. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but yeah so uh, i mean know. but that but that is also uh, like you now being a teacher that's a place you hope you never get to i would assume oh for sure definitely it's like if if if, if you if you've gotten to that point it's like like uh but i i mean that, that do you have you had a lot of sleepers not not really um and if i notice that a couple students in class are falling asleep um usually what i'll do is i'll I have a couple just random games mm-hmm. that I can like are no preparation games I can just throw in my lessons. So if I see that kids are falling asleep, I get them to get up and move around and that usually helps. Um, I mean usually I, as well my classes they're doing a lot of talking. So it's hard to sleep when you're being talked to or talking to someone. Right. I I, I used to um in in college from time to time I was a sleeper. From time to time, there was one time in Austria when we were studying abroad. Um, I had a three-hour class called. Um, that was your finance class, right? No, With no, no, Hungarian that was a different guy. One. Oh, oh yeah, different yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, it was finance. I don't even remember what the fuck the class was. I believe it was financial economics of um, of the pre-Soviet era uh, Russia, or, or not Russia, Soviet Union. So like Soviet Union pre fall of com- communism uh-huh. um, and it was this old hungarian guy that lectured for three hours with minimal conversation there was some but minimal a lot of lecturing and um so i had um a couple classes in the morning and then i had a, like i say a two-hour break in between 
and then that class for three hours. And so I didn't want to go back home because by the time I got home, I just have to turn right back around. Right. So me and one of my classmates, uh, Harry, I don't know if you remember him. I remember Harry, yeah. We went to go get lunch somewhere. And we went to, like, well, we have two hours. Let's go to a place where we can actually sit down. And um, and so there was a, a place around the corner. I don't remember what it was called, but it was around the corner from our school. And um, we sh- split a pitcher of beer because uh, – Was it 15-16? No, it wasn't 15-16. Okay. But it was, it was, like, right down the street from there. Okay. But um, – we split a pitcher of beer because that's what you do when you study abroad <laughs> and, and you're <laughs> right. eating lunch. Um, right. And I, uh, I, I didn't get drunk, but it definitely did not mix well with, um, with, with the lecturing style of my sure. old Hungarian teacher. And I had one of those situations where it was just like, like that. Where it's, I'll, I'll exp- explain what, what what I'm doing. Where it's just like I'm, your head, your head slowly starts to drop. Kind of towards your chest, and then you'll get the little hope, and your head will kind of spring back up, and then your head will drop again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- that is the worst. And then it never comes back, and then the head never comes back up. Yeah. And then when the head eventually did come back up, which I think was like, I don't know how long it was, but it was definitely a notable amount of time. Uh-huh. I looked up, and all I saw was the Hungarian guy just staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. And um and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He was like, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> um, he my, did not. My mistake. Uh, that was my rough. mistake was is class. is I'll go from sitting and I'll have my arms crossed over my desk, then I'll have my hands on my on my chin. Oh yeah, yeah. And then eventually it'll go to me with my like head. Yeah, with your head, head down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just down, and then it's lights out. I, I, I see. because yeah, I know I know when I'm tired, so I know better than to actually put my head down i would never put my head down but that's how i always end up sleeping just like with the neck drop like right. where it's just where it's like i'm just look like i'm praying or something right <laughs> that neck drop is dangerous though like it it hurts if you it you does know, hurt really tired and you, your head just drops oh i never my head never actually falls to the table like i can i mean mine doesn't either head. but it'll like and it's if, if anything it more hurts your neck just to dangle well, yeah, exactly. your neck like that yeah yeah it's not good for you that's for sure <clears throat> Well, shout out to all of our uh, students out there that can stay awake in classes, and a big thumbs down. <laughs> it to was a three-hour class about financial e- economics in a specific era, uh, like 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have lasted twenty minutes in that lecture. <laughs> Not at all. Not it was even rough. Close. It Not was even rough. Close. Well, dude, I reading. have. Uh, I have some good news. Um, I feel a little weird bragging about it because I don't really think it's brag worthy, but uh, I have come up with a new workout plan and have been hitting the gym uh, uh, for it will be five days this week. Nice. W- where's the gym again? I remember at you my school. Convenient. Oh, okay. At right. my school, literally in the basement. What kind Just, of setup do they have? It, they got uh, a couple machines. They have a hack squat machine, which is where it's like you you put your back up to a like a like a mattress not a mattress but like a padded thing and it's got got like another padded area for your shoulders right uh then they have a, a hamstring curl and a, and a, a quadriceps curl machine do they have it, showers there yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah nice. they get showers although Is that like I, a mm-hmm. common thing to offer that at um at jobs in in czech republic like is that a like a gym make, like, and a shower probably not Okay. I think most schools, yeah, because they have gym class. Okay. 
But is it the, so? Are you using the same gym that the students would use? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you ever see students in there? I go from pretty much five to six every day. Oh, so everyone's uh, gone. And everyone's gone. It's beautiful, but it's a little creepy now because it gets dark, oh, like yeah. four thirty or five, and but they you, shut the lights off at my school. You, but you always have it to yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's great. I, <laughs> so I you can just do you bring like a like Bluetooth speakers? I well. I would. I have a little Bluetooth speaker with me, but the reason why I don't is there's usually some type of like class in the so the weight room, you know, is a is a closed off area where you can shut the door, right? Mm-hmm. And then right, so you have the basketball court slash hardwood floor, and then where the wall is, that's where the weight room is, and so. So every night when I leave the gym, there's usually some type of class. One night there was like an, like a women's aerobics class. Um, there were so actually you still some... need to have some sort of awareness of other people. You can't just right. let loose. I can't completely. blast my metal music <laughs> yeah, in the weight room. I can just with headphones on. But, right. but it's, it's very minimal, and some of the machines are a little bit old. So the like I was trying to do um, – I was doing an arm workout the other day. And I was trying to do, they call it a preacher curl, where it's like your your arms are on like this inclined um, like pad, and then the the thing you grab the thing you grab from the bottom and you and you kind of curl up like this, right? Well, this this cable was so old and so hard to like you just couldn't get smooth movement going. Mm-hmm. And so it was really like uneven in terms of the resistance when you were pulling versus releasing. And so then, oh. so then I was like, all right, well, this, this band is a little bit old. I'm just going to use dumbbells. And so that's How do you feel about kettlebells? Oh, they're great. I think they're fantastic. They're really, really versatile. Uh, we don't have any kettlebells at the school. I wish we did. Um, kettlebell swings are really nice. Um, I mean, really, if you, if you wanted to build, if I were to build a small like gym in my garage or something, if I had a garage... I would definitely have kettlebells there. I think I would only need about two or three things in my hypothetical garage gym. I would need kettlebells, uh, one standard Olympic size bar for squats, bench press, shoulder press, things like that, and then probably a set of dumbbells and also a power rack, which is the rack where you can do squats, you can do bench press, and you have the bars there to protect you. So if you work out by yourself, and you try heavier weight, won't be stuck on your chest, and you won't you won't die right. in the gym. <clears throat> Excuse me. I assume you um, follow The Rock on Instagram. Oh, yeah, of course. Have you seen his mobile gym? It's crazy. <laughs> it's his awesome. mobile gym is bigger, is like the size of like a, uh, like a small to medium-sized like normal Regular gym. gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just like wherever he travels, he requires to have this – Full gym setup, which is uh, awesome. It, it is insane. If I, mean, I granted, if I were an actor like that, I would totally do the same thing. I love because now the school gym has become kind of my after school sanctuary. Right. You know, like obviously, I I feel very comfortable at my apartment. When I come here, I can play my guitar. Your third spot. Relax. Oh shit! You're right. You that is my third spot. The school gym. Go. Well, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> yeah, so that's my sanctuary, and it's great. I mean, I have a key to it, so I can go whenever I want. Oh, that's nice. So I usually just go How five to How far away six. is the school? It's, it's like pretty a, close, isn't it? It's really close. I mean, it's like a 
if I'm really booking it, I'd say I could get there in probably six minutes. Usually oh, okay. it takes me yeah, about a 10-minute walk. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing. And, yes, so I – it was really funny. I only so brought you could one... go at like – oh, so you could go at like 8 o'clock if you wanted. Yeah, I could go at midnight if I felt like it. Oh, okay. okay. I could go at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. If I was The Rock, I would go – I think he wakes up at like 4.30 <laughs> Well, if you were The Rock, you'd have a mobile gym. That's also true. <laughs> if I was you'd The have, Rock, you'd I have probably a gym wouldn't be an English home, teacher either. Right. And you'd have like a, a extension out of the school mm-hmm. just for you. <laughs> Exactly. Even though they're ten minutes away from each other, right? (laughs) But yeah, so and sprint back and forth between the two. Yeah, exactly. It's really nice, Uh, and you know, it's got everything I need. Like, there's a few things I wish, I wish the gym had. Like, for example, I wish it had a power rack. There's like a, it's like an old little rack where you can put, where you can rest, uh, like a a a bar on, for like Mm -hmm. bench press, but. It seems a little seems a little old, and the threading on the the little things to fasten it seem a little shot. And so I'm not sure if if I were to move it up to have it higher for squats, if it would stay there, if it would fall down on me. Um, so so one thing I think would be a power sounds rack. Sounds like would they be could nice. use a, like sounds like they they bought these things used when they opened the school. Well, I think well <laughs> I would guess based on the way the equipment looks, it's been fairly well taken care of. But I would imagine most of the equipment's got to be at least 20 years old. Sounds like it. I would say somewhere around there. Also, I feel I feel like a weakling because it's all in kilos, so it's half of the numbers that, that I'm used to seeing in the United States. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, so the, yeah. So you have to like do that, those conversions in your yeah. head? I basically just – I mean, technically, it's, it's 2.2 if you, if you have kilos to pounds. I just go by two. Or, or isn't it there. easier just to – Go f- go off of kilos in general. I mean, now that's what I've been doing since I know. Right. Where Instead my of trying to convert it, just do it off of ki- kilos. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> but I was. It was funny though when I started working out. I realized I only brought one pair of sweatpants here with me, um, and those are kind of my chill at my apartment pants. So I wasn't trying to get those all nasty from you know sweat and rolling around the gym floor. And you vowed to buy nothing while in Czech Republic. Yeah, so. I've broke I broke that rule too early <laughs> on. That's for sure. That was an epic epic fail. How naive of me. I to just think laughed. That. I mean listeners can go back and listen to you saying that. Oh there's that, proof. Uh, <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest idea. It's like first of all I know you, but also that's the most who who can who can do that in general. Right. Even if it's it, it's it, tough. <laughs> it's very tough. But uh-huh. also, it didn't help that early on I was talking to my parents, and, and they were just like, yeah, just buy another big suitcase. And it's, also, they could take some stuff back for you when they come visit you. Actually, I already have a pile of clothes that I'm having them take back for me because I just yeah. haven't worn them very much. Um, but anyways, so I, I needed a new pair of sweatpants, right? And so I went to Lidl, uh, which is a grocery store here, and Lidl, they, sell, Lidl, Lidl. <laughs> they sell clothing, uh, groceries, and everything. And they didn't have any sweatpants. All they had were like kind of like tights or yoga pants for men, which I brought a pair of those with me too. Like if if I'm running outside, let's be real. I don't really run. I, I use them. <laughs> I, I use them. I use them usually when I do deadlifts so I don't scrape up my shins too bad from the bar. But anyways, I needed a pair of sweatpants. I found these pair of like work pants that are they're called. They literally said thermal work pants. And so they have like a fleece lining. And I bought them in my waist size, but apparently dudes here who work construction must have giant ass thighs and calves because <laughs> these things look almost like parachute pants. 
and <laughs> and they drag on the floor. And so I thought, okay, I thought, okay, I only paid I think two hundred and fifty crowns for them, so I didn't pay a lot of money for them. Ten so bucks. Thought, yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna see if I can find some actual sweatpants with pockets in them. And I was walking home yesterday from work, and there's this really cool little family-owned sports shop here in Komutov called D-Sport. Actually, I have the bag right next to me. Uh, D-Sport is what it's called. And uh, I was looking around, and they I'm had... a master at D-Sport, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Professional-level D-Sport that's, player. That's right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we're both ambassadors here at the Untranslatable Podcast for D-Sport. <laughs> but anyways, it was really funny. I was looking around, and I didn't know the check word for sweatpants. I still don't. Um, and so this woman came up to try to help me and, uh, I, I don't know if they were just her coworkers or her children, but I think it's family owning. I think they were her kids because they also looked kind of similar. And, uh, and I said sweatpants and the one kid translated it really quick in a check and she showed me and they had like not really sweatpants, but like Adidas kind of soccer pants that had yeah, pockets. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm. Once it gets cold here in the winter, I don't know if those are really going to do me that much good. And then, of course, I turned the corner, and they had a small section of Jordan stuff. And they had a dope Jordan hoodie and a dope pair of Jordan sweatpants. And so I went and caught me some Jordans. They were a little bit is it too like a, Is it like a set? So like a matching hoodie and yeah. sweatpants? Yep. They're black with a with a gray jump man on them. And they're, they're this like really cool thermal fleece. <laughs> You're going to make a great old man. I know, right? Uh, that's my goal, Jared. That's my goal. But uh, I just imagine you wearing the full set. That just seems like a. a... I wore yesterday to the gym. I felt like a badass. <laughs> Had my black Jordan uh, uh, fleece pants and fleece hoodie on. Were you wearing Jordan shoes as well? No, I had my Adidas oh, Sambas on. Man. I mean, I have a pair of Jordans here with me. I was going to say, I, you, I can't do, done you can't do that. You can't match brands like that. I did it. Especially if you have. The Jordans to round out the full set. Well, I did it, Jared. Boy, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> you have it. <laughs> yeah, but the Jordans I have aren't. I I was doing. I did a weird um, muscle grouping yesterday. I did legs and chest. Right, you can't work out. There's not. Those aren't for working out. I mean, no, you could work out in them, but I was doing legs, and the way the soles are designed, I don't think it'd be good for squats. Okay. Though okay. Sama's got that flat sole, it's perfect. So that's my justification. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. But anyway, shout out to D Sport for the. For the uh, comfy Jordan uh, workout fleece <laughs> pants and hoodie, that's going to make working out in the winter so much easier. And uh, now I think the it's time we move on. sport of the untranslatable podcast. That's right. D-sport. D-sport. <laughs> exactly. And uh, now I'd like to give two shout-outs today. The first one, uh, I have to ask you, Jared, have you seen uh, this video of this kid um, – who was speaking 12 different languages to tourists. No. So there was a... Uh, multi- Can I look it up and play a little bit of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, so basically, to give our listeners the backstory... What's it called? Can you tell me what it's called? You can. You could just look up um, Child uh, Speaks 12 Languages to Sell to okay, Tourists or something like that. But yeah, so this, this uh, Cambodian child... Um, named, I, I believe it's Toxkin, um, is his name. Um, he, be, he went viral after someone showed, uh, him chatting to tourists and he was using, I think 12 different languages. Yeah. Speaking at least 12 languages and dialects. Um, 
I thought he was about 12 years old, but I'm not sure how old he is. I have the YouTube video, so I don't know how old he is yet. Maybe, but I can. I can hear fine. Okay. Yeah, it's just a, it's so let me explain what, what we're looking at. First of all, he's speaking Cantonese so far, French, I believe it's Spanish, I, I don't know, I'm uh, Japanese right now. And it's just a little Cambodian boy walking down the street. Uh, and it looks like he sells, just sells stuff uh, to tourists, is what he does. Just like, you know, kind of cheap touristy stuff. Right. And uh, Japanese Mandarin. So it's so it's it's. I mean, I, I guess he knows he lives in a tourist area. He's speaking Thai now, and uh, it's like, well, if I'm going to sell the stuff, the best way to do it is to be able to speak to as many people as possible. Right. And he probably just learns. You know, he probably he probably just knows like the most common tourists because I you know probably a lot of French people. He's speaking Thai right now. Please buy one for from me. Right. It's insane. Five, five really for two dollars. It's really crazy to watch him though. But apparently, uh, he said he wants to study in uh, Beijing, and uh, he went viral, and he's actually going to star on Chinese TV. Um, nice. So shout out to him. Um, I believe his name is Takskin. Uh, yeah, this, this, this video does not have his name, but I can probably still find it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Takskin or, uh, T-H-A-K-S-I-N. Um, but yeah, so I think that's really amazing. Um, shout out to you. Oh, he was speaking mm-hmm. Cantonese, uh, Mandarin, English, Thai, Japanese, Korean, French, and Spanish. Yeah, so those were the really, language that they uh, showed in the video. At least. Right. So big shout out to you, little guy. Keep up the good work here at the Untranslatable yeah. Podcast. We really value and appreciate our uh, people out here who embrace fellow other polyg- languages and polyglot. Cultures. Well, I don't know if I'd consider myself a polyglot <laughs> yet. He might be a couple of rings ahead Comparing of us. Comparing ourselves but... to this kid that's just rambling through a right. bunch of different languages like it's nothing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, but that 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 is. Um, I mean. It's a, uh, it's he's not. I'm not even exaggerating. He's kind of an inspiration. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really amazing, and seems like he's really hustling. Yeah. You know. So yeah. shout out to you. Keep and it, on yeah. It's like, and as as we I, at least I've mentioned a, a, a lot of times, it's like the, the best way to learn language is through necessity, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it, it also makes me think of him that he's potentially got some like businessman in them you know oh, where it's for like sure. you, you have like you have to like you, you can't like your parents can't make you do this like even if they like say learn languages like they still can't force you to do this like you have to have that sort of uh proactivity on your own right you gotta have that fire within you to do it yeah Definitely. and i think now that now that people have found this kid and, and that you know their people are wanting to give him shots and stuff i bet you this kid can do a lot i i'm sure he can and we wish you a uh, prosperous and bright future, young man. That is for yeah. sure. Come My on, the second. That's right. That's right. <laughs> flex, flex your polyglotism for all of our yeah. listeners. We would love it. Okay. So my last shout out for today. Sometimes, when possible, I try to find a country. And today, I would like to give a shout out to the Republic of Congo, who now have just named a new national park, which is home to gorillas and elephants. So the new. Oh, nice. 
Ogue Lakedi National Park is the Republic of Congo's fifth national park. It borders the Pateke Plateau National Park in neighboring Gabon. And together, the two parks form a transboundary protected area covering more than, uh, for our metric listeners out there, 500 and, or, sorry, 5,500 square kilometers, or for our imperial people out there, 2,120 square miles. Nice. So I think I that's a, great. Mm-hmm. I've actually got a shout out as well. Nice. Go for it. So have you heard of a, a boy named Jordan Blue? No. So um, a photo. So Jordan, a photo showing uh, was taken, uh, showing a group of Baraboo, Wisconsin, uh, high school boys. Oh yes, the, I do know who you're talking about. But continue from the class of 2019, giving a they say stiff arm Nazi salute. Some of them were, but some of them were giving these limp ass Nazi salutes. Uh, a Nazi salute, nonetheless. I'm not right. <laughs> right. But um. Prior t- uh, to the uh, to this past spring prom, that, by the way, it's in spring, so it's weird that this is just coming up now as well. Uh, to this past spring's prom, generate uh, is generating outrage online and has uh, prompted an investigation by the dis. What's an investigation, by the way? But um, I didn't realize that it was also in spring and that this just came up. So these kids have been going on with their life For and a it's while like, now. Yeah, it's like oh shit. Um, so the photo uh, taken on the Sauk County Courthouse steps includes about 50 students, though not all are holding their arms outstretched. The photo has resurfaced and gone viral, sparking questions on social media about the uh, so school's culture and bringing international attention to the 3,000 student school district. So it was just a bunch of dudes in front of this, uh, all, you know, wearing like their little prom tuxedos. Uh, and a lot of them were like, had like, were laughing or in crack and had like these laugh la- uh, looks on their face and had either full on Nazi salutes or, as I said, some sort of limp wristed Nazi salute, some of them. But there was one, and some of them didn't, but there was one very specific guy that stuck out uh, even more because he was like kind of clear in the background, Jordan mm-hmm. Blue. And he, he had like this clear sort of look of disdain on his face and his hands mm-hmm. were by, by his side. And um, he, uh, sort of had his own little mini viralness if you want to say that i hate even putting that connotation on someone that was just trying to like stick up for basic decency but like um he um just stood there and he said that uh he essentially what did he say oh it was it was very upsetting to me he said it was very disrespectful to what my beliefs are and it was very bad it was a very bad represent representation of our senior class in the baraboo school district because by all means, the district, the Baraboo School District, does not support that kind of attention, and it's a district that provides many opportunities for the students. So I'll say this: very great statement. It's a prepared statement, but it's interesting to me that th- there's a picture of about 50 people in this picture, and let me look at it. I have it here, and if I zoom in, I'm, I'd say 90. Percent, eighty-five to ninety percent of the say fifty people in this picture are Nazi saluting, and it's it's just shocking to me how many people don't realize in twenty what this was probably yeah in twenty eighteen the implication of having these pictures taken of yourself. It makes no sense to right. me. And once like, it's even, online, it never goes away. Because even if the, like as and that's the only reason I make the point to say that this is a prepared statement because. It doesn't like, yeah, it was well said, but all you have to have is the slightest sort of awareness in the moment to be like, 
I don't want this picture of me on online. Are you crazy? Right. <laughs> and and weren't there also a couple kids that like I know obviously there's a sadly, black dude there too by the way. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think his hands up to be fair. I thought they said they. But he's cause, laughing because I read because I read an article about it as well. I thought they they were kind of happy or proud that they got a black guy to do the salute. Maybe to be honest, from the angle, I can't tell if his hands up or not. Okay. Because. Uh, the guy in front of him could be blocking if his hands up, so I can't fully tell. But um, yeah, of course they're proud to get a black guy to do it. It's I just don't understand why anyone would think that is funny. It uh, yeah, my that's mind. yeah. What's the joke? It's I don't I don't understand. What's where's the joke? Whatever happened <laughs> to just doing bunny ears to the person in front of you? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why why is and and some to be pe- fair, but I think bunny ears is about just as funny as people doing the Nazi salute at this point. <laughs> okay, like, but it's not bunny nearly ears? No, as offensive. Less, less offensive though. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. And I kind of have a bonus shout out on top of that. So I'll give one to Jordan Blue because and, and a co- I mean he sticks out. But there are a couple other people. Shout out to those people, Jordan Blue and those people that had I mean that at least had the decency. To uh, I mean, and this is honestly the lowest level of shout out. Having the decency not to give a Nazi salute when you're having a picture taken in front of you, right? Uh, t- picture taken of you, excuse me. And then sort of a bonus shout out on top of that, two Baraboo residents who I believe also are parents in the in the school district, Stephanie Shanks and Sherry Schaff, <clears throat> excuse me, responded to an to the outcry by organizing a rally for unity Tuesday afternoon at the same courthouse steps where the offensive photo was taken. Nearly 100 people chanted against hate and brandished signs advocating love and peace. So I thought that was great, too. So that's they awesome. took something shitty and turned it uh, turned it positive. And that's what we need to do, especially in times yeah. like these, for sure. I mean, that's all you can do at that point, I guess. Right. It's already happened. <laughs> right. And, you know, if you if you can't make it positive, what you can do is enjoy a tasty beverage to wallow in your sorrows. So I think it's time <laughs> we do our uh, beer review of the pod. I yes. have a new Czech beer that I have not tried yet. Well, now I have because I've been Parada. since we started this pod. But See, I, you know what I do when mm-hmm. I do a, a review? I at least have the uh, – I try to pop it as the epi- when we start the review. I know you do. Have no self-control. But these, <laughs> but these, I don't have a can opener, so I have to use a lighter and be all white trash and janky uh, to open it. Just use your snaggle tooth. <laughs> you're By the lucky way, I have a good sense of humor when, <laughs> when I was in Ann Arbor I saw a girl open a uh, beer like that I saw a guy one time open up a beer with his eye Ooh, I've, I've seen that on, on the internet but I haven't yeah, seen it in person up. before I don't even understand how you do that or how me, you even me either and anyways <laughs> the tooth I get I just can't do it <laughs> right right um, but yeah so I have a new Czech beer with me today um, and this uh, sh- actually another shout out to one of my students named Philip. There's like 80 Phillips at my school. So good luck figuring out which <laughs> one it was. But um, he, he actually told me this is one of his favorite beers because most checks that I have talked to about beer, and there have been more than one. Um, I'm sure it comes up from uh-huh. time to time. <laughs> I usually ask them what their favorite beer is. And most checks will tell you Pilsner Urquell is like the top. Really? I like it. But I thought they'd consider that mainstreamy. I mean, maybe, but maybe it's mainstream because it's the best. I mean, you could argue that, you know. I thought it would. I honestly thought it would be like a like a Budweiser of uh, the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess they do have a Budweiser. (laughs) They have the Budweiser. No, (laughs) but I I thought I'm an American Budweiser. I thought it would be like sort of more of a generic beer for them. 
I well, I mean the Czechs that I know here in in Chomutov, there's I think only three restaurants where you can get Pilsner on tap here, and I know quite a few people that will go to those restaurants. Urquell. Pilsner means Pilsner Urquell. Yeah, Pilsner Urquell. Thank you. That will go specifically to those places because they can get it on tap over other mm. places. Oh, where um, it's like a bottle. Right. And okay. so one of my students, Philip, shout out to you. He actually said this was his favorite beer. It's called Sviani. S-V-I-J-A-N-Y. Sviani. And it, according to the label, it started in 1568. Okay. So it's been around a while. I like the label. It's very, mm-hmm. definitely it's got the like, it it's, reminds me of like a old German beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It's got like a cool little crest on it with like a knight's helmet oh yeah and the s so it's pretty cool uh and and i have to say i like it it's pretty good it's 11 percent or sorry 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 11 percent in the czech republic has a different meaning 11 percent or 11 degrees is here it says it's uh 4.8 percent alcohol by volume what's the 11 percent mean but I don't know what the and usually it's they write it as degrees, eleven degrees. I'm okay. not sure why, but the eleven v- versus ten, it's basically just the strength of beer. So if you go to the Czech Republic and I see this like a lot of places, they may serve two or three different kinds of usually not pilsner because it's usually the same consistency, but if it's uh, for example, I've seen some um, Krušovice, which is one of my favorite Czech beers here. They will have, you'll see, uh, uh, 10 degrees, 11 degrees, 12 degrees. And it's just the strength of beer. So this is so, like a medium strength beer. It, so it's probably similar to um, like an IBU, which in, in, in I guess is an American thing maybe, which is the international. Oh, no. <laughs> there we go. International. I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the international bitterness units, uh, which um, – they use a lot for IPAs and, and it, it's a rating of, of it's of, you know, a bitterness, I guess. Okay. I can tell you this has to do with the strength of the alcohol, not the bitterness. So what kind of beer is that? So this one, I mean, for all of our listeners out there in the Czech Republic, I apologize for lack of a better term, but it still is a Pilsner style okay. beer. You know, it's got, I mean, I wish, I wish. Can I uh, look at it? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Pilsner, I wish yeah. the I wish the sunlight was coming in like it was earlier because it, right now because it's darker it doesn't look as good. But it has a nice golden color to it. Yeah, it's it a little harder look, to yeah. see. Um, but it's really good. It's crisp. It's not too bitter. I would say Pilsner sometimes for me Pilsner Urquell is um, sometimes depending on how freshly it's been tapped or if I'm drinking it from a bottle. It sometimes is a little more bitter tasting, I would say. Still good, but a little bit more bitter. This definitely goes down a lot smoother. Um, let me okay. get another taste to refresh my memory and my taste buds real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just goes down really smooth. Doesn't really have too much of a hoppy aftertaste at all whatsoever. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, Jared, but I think Pilsner Urquell... Whenever you have either from the tap or if you pour a bottle out, to me, if you smell the beer, it smells kind of skunky. Yeah, like it has that. Um, it almost smells like weed a little bit. It's like yeah. like like Heineken. I Is mean it Heineken. I, yeah, Heineken does it smells like weed too. I was yeah. when I was at the Buddy Guy concert. A guy behind me had a pilsner, 
and it was like he was kind of tall, so it was like I turned and my it was right next to my face, so it was close right. to my nose. At first, I thought, "Who's got the weed in here?" Because it smelled skunky. Whereas this does not have any skunky type of smell to it. I mean, I don't know. I would say it's a good beer. I wouldn't say it's my absolute favorite here. It's pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, really smooth tasting for sure. Um, but I'll have to eventually do a beer review of one of my favorite beers here, which is a uh, Krušovice. Okay, which is yeah. pretty good. I'm hoping I to check out that them. brewery. I found a um, I found a beer place around me that's got some um, some cool like weird looking beers. Oh, nice. So I think I might I think I might go there and uh, and pick some out. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we. I think we should alternate because I don't want to become an alcoholic. Right. Because there are so yeah. Now that I'm done with Tonewood, I just never do one again, and you just do it. I'll do all of them. Because <laughs> there are some cool, like more of those, like you know, like those weird lab- like some of those cheap labely looking ones. I was like, oh, I want to see what what other kind of like a uh, cheap or not cheap because they're actually more just expensive more craft brew. But like yeah, what labels. what kind of like yeah. interesting crafty stuff I can just stumble upon. Nice. Uh, awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be uh, that was thanks for the uh, for the review. Yeah, we'll, and we'll have with, the pictures uh, up on Instagram. Absolutely. Well, before we re- record next, I guess we haven't planned when we'll record next. No, I'm free all weekend, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll um, well, I'll I'll go to the store and uh, and and pick something up for next time. Perfect. Awesome. Jerry, do you happen to know what time it is, buddy? Oh, uh, I I don't, but my Rolex does. <laughs> So, Jared, I, uh, it is our untranslatable cuckoo, and I have some special music-related Czech untranslatables for you. Oh, my gosh. Man, dude, I, I, I might I the luckiest podcast co-host ever. I might have to just stay here in the Czech <laughs> Republic do and do a PhD on Czech idioms after this because <laughs> I'm going to be a pro. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could, art- you could literally just write a dissertation off of your notes. From, Probably from, like off of your podcast notes. Probably, I mean, I would, I would have to estimate now for our untranslatables. I've been here for three months, and I would guess that it's got to be at least fifty or sixty idioms by now. Probably, I mean, how many? Or maybe thirty. Have we done? We've done no, this yeah, maybe forty third, maybe four, maybe thirty. Probably yeah, I mean, 30. even you've probably at least gotten probably at least averaged at least one every episode right. since you've been there, and so you've probably been there since like episode at least twenty or something like that. Right. I don't know. So we're getting there. Anyways, my first uh, my first check untranslatable for you, Jared, is Yanitz Ya Musikant, which means um, not me, I'm a musician. Um I don't know. I don't know. That's a but I like how it sounds, but I don't know. Yanitz Ya Musikant. Should I just make a guess? Yeah, sure. Uh, like, like I don't get like I don't get stressed because I'm a musician. I I really like that, but no, this is not more me. like I just play my music. Not well, yeah. Keep keep going. You're you're getting closer just by that phrase. You're. I just play closer. my music. Yeah. To relax. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with relaxation. Uh, uh, uh I just not play me. My music. I'm just playing my music. I just play my music. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know. Like, is it a musical idiom? Like, is it no? Like, ba- it's it's no. So this means to deny your responsibility for something. Uh, like, okay. not me. I'm a musician. Like, like if you're at like a party and something oh. goes down, you're like, nope. I'm just here with the band. Didn't do anything shady. 
<laughs> oh, oh, it's just like, I, hey, don't look at me. I'm just the hired help. I, I don't exactly. know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's a good one, yeah. Yanitz, ja musikant. Oh, that's good. Um, All right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I have a couple, but I, I don't know if I'm going to do them all because I have a lot of what I want to talk about. Um, And you have a hockey game to go to, don't you? I do. Um. So I'll start with uh, this one. It's Persian. Tike Adaktan. Tike Adaktan. Okay. And it means to drop pieces. To drop pieces. So it's like to give hints? No, no. But you're kind of on the right track in in terms of dropping things. Okay. So not to give hints. But it's, it's. Is it like when you don't have control of something? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't know. Give it's it to, to make a sarcastic or snide remark. Oh, so I it, like that. So it's like a like subtle drop in, just like uh, you know, you uh, you drop a quick piece okay. in there real quick. Interesting. Okay, that's good. I, I like your that. Your mom one. wasn't thinking that last night. What? <laughs> you dropping oh, pieces? I, I didn't say anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> dropping pieces. That's awesome. <laughs> So the next one I have is also Czech. I have two Czech ones that are left. This one is one moment here. Zamalo penes hodně muziky, which means for a little money, a lot of music. Um. It's uh music is like a it's like a, a very attainable joy. Mm-mm. Okay. Good because my that wasn't very when, eloquent. What when I said. You, <laughs> when you give a lot to only gain a little, so a little money for a lot of music. Oh, so playing so a lot of music goes... takes a lot of e- effort, right? Uh huh. But you only get a little money from it. Oh, okay, 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 mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's most art. I mean, yeah. that's like when when people like always complain about how expensive a painting is. Like that costs blah 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 thousand dollars. Right. Or it's like it's like yeah, it, I know it's just art to you, but this also took this person, you know, thousands of hours to make. Right, for sure. Um, uh, let's keep going. We'll right. we'll finish with uh, with your check ones. I'll save my other two for Sounds later. Sounds good. All right, this last one also is a music one. Three music ones for you today. Okay. This one is Hudba Budnots. Oh sh- shoot, let me try it again. <laughs> Hudba budoznosti, which means music of the future. Ooh. Music of the future. Mm-hmm. Music of the future. Is that what they call techno? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I w- okay, I was I was like, I'm only half joking. <laughs> um, music of the future. I don't know. Is that like dropping knowledge? No, it means uh, that a plan will only come to fruition in the distant future. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. okay. So it's like we'll only sing about this. We can only sing about this in the future. Right. I don't even know if that's what that really means as I say it. Right. Not completely, but it, yeah, it's basically just if something. I feel you. Yeah, comes to fruition in the near future. So. Speaking of music, our topic for today is music and language learning. We're hoping to give you some hacks to uh, make your language learning journey a little easier and a little bit more fun with music. Um, So what would you like to start us off with, Jared? I mentioned at the top of the show that I don't think I had a good 
I don't think there was ever much integration of music into my uh, into my teaching, into my education of languages. Maybe from here, here and there. The two songs that stick out to me as songs from from for learning languages: "Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes." I've sang that in about fourteen different languages. <laughs> um, and um, Frere Jaca. Okay, nice. <laughs> and I don't even fully know what Frere Jaca what what Frere Jaca is about. Frere Jaca, Frere Jaca, do re mi, do re mi. <laughs> that, that's not it, is it? Voulez-vous coucher, va? I'm just making the. I don't even know. See, I don't. Even, that's how good that song. That's how much that song worked for me. Right. Like I, I, I can't think of much like or many go to songs can you think of any um i mean so definitely some for german yeah we listened to mfg by uh die fantastischen vier when i was in college mfg yeah, stands for uh mit freundlichen uh, grüßen I'm, I'm uh, you're mad. good you're good um i'm trying to think of yeah. other ones um we listened to some in my high school german class but that was so long ago that i'm not quite sure oh we listened to um Heute ist mein Tag by Blümchen. Like but why, the, why, but why these songs? Uh, I think some of them, I think Heute ist mein Tag was just one that one of our students actually knew about in German class in high school and asked our teacher to play it for us. Okay. MFG and that's was because of all the different abbreviations. If you include that in there, then mm -hmm. I also remember a song called Strobo Pop. Do you remember that song? Mm -mm. We had to bring in a song to German class in college. And I remember it, it was. I remember Guardo. I don't even remember the song I brought, but I remember my friend Guardo brought um, Strobo Strobo Pop, and we played the music. Oh, maybe it was a language, uh, like a culture event or a language table kind of thing. A Splachtisch, Splachtisch. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember him playing the um, the music video, and at the beginning of the music video, there's a literally a warning to epileptic epileptic people because it's like an electronic song and there's a lot of like flashing lights in it. Right. <laughs> And so I do remember that song, but I, another I don't really song I remember. Another song I remember from college is the song "Amour" by Ram by Rammstein, and "Amour" is obviously the French word for love. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I had I've been listening to Rammstein since high school. Um, I've always loved their music. You know, they're kind of an interesting like German heavy metal group, but I had never heard this song before. But it's really good, and I'll just read some of it. Um, and try to roughly translate just just the first little um, verse. So the the verse goes: "Die Liebe ist ein wildes Tier." So love is a wild animal. Sie atmet dich. Uh, sie sucht nach dir. Um, she it it breeds you and looks for you. Um, oh shoot! How do you say? And it's like nested in broken hearts. Um, goes on the hunt. Um, with kisses and candles, um, it it holds you tight on its lips. Um, anyways, it, it sounds why so you, much um, better in why German. You, why are you um, translating this? <laughs> I, I don't know why I was, to be honest. But check out, if any of our listeners out there are trying to learn German, check out the song Amour by Rammstein. It's really good. And we I remember listening to that in college. It had to do with something we were either watching or reading in class. Um so yeah, one of the first things I wanted to bring up about music was it can be a great supplemental um, activity or, or topic to use in your language 
lessons, um, if you're a teacher, um, to make things more interesting and more fun. And the other thing is, too, I've had students where I've shown them music before in class, and they enjoyed it so much that they listened to it outside of class, and it broadens your mm-hmm. vocabulary quite a bit. You know, how, how do well? That's where I first heard of Seed was through German class. Mm-hmm. How do you um, integrate music into your classes? So I'm actually doing a. Even though I have never been to New York, I have been asked by my school to teach a lesson about New York. Okay. So I don't know very much about New York besides what any man can Google. So I figured it would be cool. <laughs> We're going to listen to Empire State of Mind by Jay Z featuring Alicia Keys in class. And so I'm going to have them... Oh, and break down the song? Yep. And we're going to analyze the song. So that'll be really fun. Um, Oh, and name like all the things that he's talking... Because he does just run through... Oh, yeah. um, All sorts of stuff. Tourist attractions in New Mm -hmm. York. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's going to be some stuff I'm going to have to explain. Like he says something about selling rock. So I'm going to have to explain that to my (laughs) students. Concrete jungle. Uh, yep, concrete jungle. Although I bet you a lot of them have probably heard that term before. They may even have that term in check. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so in a lot of my classes, I use music either for my children's classes. I usually, I usually use it to introduce vocabulary and pronunciation because mm-hmm. it's more fun to listen to a song and sing along with the song then for me to just say, I don't know if we were doing hobbies, for me to say, playing basketball, then have the students all repeat, playing basketball. That actually, I never guess I never thought about that, but that probably makes it easier to pronounce something if you're saying it in song form or singing it, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, the words flow together and, and it's well put together. So it's like you're not you're kind of learning that the word by learning the entire phrase right. and how that phrase is. Sung. Oh, definitely. The other thing, too, is actually singing activates a different part of your brain than just speaking does. Right. So like there have been, um, I've seen a few people who are uh, music therapists and they have uh, patients who have suffered from severe strokes and other, you know, really big health um, setbacks and issues. And they can actually, they they have a lot of difficulty speaking, but they can sing you know, fairly oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah, it's really amazing. Um, yeah. So singing is great for introducing vocabulary. Also for students and for all of our language learners listening to our podcast, music is a great way for you to get additional input, authentic cultural and linguistic input um, of whatever language you're learning outside of the classroom as much or as little as you want. I listened to this one album in high school uh, by Die Ärzte, which is a German group. We actually had a song of the pot a while back called A Song for yep. You, I Need for Dich. And I listened to that song on the bus before and after school every day, nonstop. I was able, after about a month of listening to it, to sing along with every song on the album. And I, I, I learned a lot Dude, of... I fucked up. I need to make a... I fucked up. I bought these. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, more animal cookies. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I was at the store yesterday and I saw them. I was like, oh, damn it. I'm about to get these. And they're so fucking cheap. This bag is like $2. It's all right. You enjoy those animal cookies while I go on my And uh, I haven't had breakfast, too. Language. Sorry. You're good. I'm, I'm well, you go hungry. on your music while I talk about music and language learning. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of great opportunities for students to just get more input in the language. Um, I would highly suggest whenever you start to listen to new music, if possible, go online and see if you can find the lyrics. 
depending on where your language level or abilities are, I would say if you're a beginner, I would look up the lyrics and then maybe see if you can find a translation in your native language. If you're more of an intermediate or advanced language student, I would say look up the definitions of words you don't understand in, the, in that language. So if I'm an advanced learner of German and I hear a song in German, I will look up the, the words that I don't know on a German dictionary and they'll describe it to me in German. Right. Um, so that would be my tip for all of you. I think it's also really helpful to, if you can go on YouTube and watch and listen to the song and read along with the lyrics. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even 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 languages I don't understand, um, like for example, uh, that Capareza mm-hmm. song, um, Melancholia, mm-hmm. which was about uh, like it was all in Italian, and just watching it and listening to to what he was and like the, his cadences. I almost kind of like in watching the video. It's like, oh, I understand what he's what he's talking about. I I, mm-hmm. I understand the song and this video. And I could imagine if I was actually learning Italian and incorporating something like that, where it's like, oh, I see what's going on, even though I don't fully understand this yet. Now that I'm learning it, I can p- start to pick out words mm-hmm. and start to kind of put the context together because I, I I can understand what he's trying to convey. Right. Right. And the other awesome thing about music is it's a it's just a great tool to train your ear for whatever language you're learning. Yes. Uh, uh, that's what I like about it, too. Is uh, And this goes for kind of TV as well. I guess we could probably do another episode about we should. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, because it it, it um, I forget now I forgot what I was going to say because I'm thinking about TV shows that we we on our untranslatable podcast uh, Instagram. We follow a uh, an account that tweets that or tweets that posts um like episode like clips from from uh popular cartoons like simpsons that are in spanish and stuff like that uh Afri- and i forgot what i was gonna say because i was just thinking of that post um oh i remember what i was gonna say but yeah that is what makes um i think adding either tv or music so great is that it um not only allows you to Im- like heavily immerse yourself into a la- into a language i ideally in a fun way but it also through learning that language especially through learning that language with it being spoken by a you know f- not just your teacher feeding it to you but rather someone that's not concerned with how a, na- a non-native would get it is it also helps teach the culture i think too and it helps you understand people's culture like you always hear uh, like it's almost a uh, like you always hear people from from um from like European countries or or, or for I, I mostly European for me because that's I guess where I hear most about but like from foreign countries thinking they understand like hip-hop culture or like black culture because they, they they're familiar with like rap and stuff like that <laughs> and it's like which which to a certain extent uh it, it, obviously it's giving you a skewed view of 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 of, of, of whatever culture or music or, or you know aspect you're your of, of culture you're looking at. But it does kind of also it is teaching you like you're, you are learning something about it, even though it might be a kind of characterized, cartoonized version of it. I would agree. Yeah, I think culture is another aspect of music that you can learn a lot from. I mean, especially with American music, there are a lot of like pop culture references, especially in hip hop music. Um, like I've had quite a few debates with my students about uh, the beef between uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. I mean, Jared, you know I'm an Eminem fan. You know they're 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 Machine Gun Kelly uh, stands. 
I guess you can't even say stands because that because <laughs> stands is an Eminem term. You can't. You can't. Right. What, what do they call them? Uh, bullets? Kellyans? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, uh, and what's funny is a lot of the younger students actually think Rap Devil was better. Which well, they also I try, didn't grow up with Eminem. They're they're Eminem's past. Like they're a little they, too young. They, for they didn't grow up with Eminem. They grew up with Machine Gun Kelly. Did anyone grow up with Machine Gun Kelly? Did that no, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm saying these students. I think you know most of my students are between the ages of 15 and 18. Okay. So they, I don't really right. think they were probably growing up with Eminem like I was. No. I remember I was no. in either third or fourth grade when the Real Slim Shady came out. I don't and know how my from parents, Michigan, so right. we also have that added little extra bit of pride for for Eminem. Sure, of course. And and I really just think he's a fantastic, uh, you know, lyricist and rapper. But anyways, uh, you know, there were a bunch of cultural references in. I think there were actually more of them in Killshot than there were in uh, Rap Devil, where he says he says who, something. Wait, who did who, which one did which one? Eminem did Killshot. Rap Devil was okay. Rap Devil. I think is kind of a play on how Eminem had Rap, rap God. God exactly. Right, right. But uh, what was funny though is. Eminem references Lil Tay in Killshot, and like all my students knew who that was, so I was like, "Oh, all right, you guys know have some pop culture uh, knowledge." So, so yeah, there's a lot of pop culture I think that students can learn from music. There's also a lot of language that you can learn that isn't taught in the classroom. I have a lot of students who are big fans of AC/DC. I guarantee you, there are a lot of innuendos. In ACDC songs that you will never hear or learn from your English teacher in your English class. I, I'm still, like, when I, every now and again, if I say I'm listening to a podcast and I just say reference um, some sort of old rock song or I am happen to be listening to it, I, like, I'm still learning new ways to explain doing drugs that I didn't even know existed. Right. <laughs> or it's like, oh, that's what that meant in that, um, mm-hmm. in that Led Zeppelin song or in that. <laughs> right. Or like, or in that ACDC song, where I was like, "Oh, that means he's doing heroin." <laughs> I did not realize that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, like uh, I think "Mr. Brownstone" by um, the Guns by Guns and Roses. I think that whole song is a reference to heroin, if I remember. Correctly. Oh, it's like okay. I guess yeah, because heroin like turns brown when he like liquid it up or whatever. Right. right. So yeah, so there's a lot of um, interesting I'm things you can I learn. Know. Right, me either. <laughs> no, I've seen movies. There's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of things you can learn from songs, and I think it's cool because it's kind of a it's a, a portable a portable and fun language lesson wherever you go. Do you struggle to find songs that both are educational and useful, and that also like speak to like that are actually like something that a kid would want to listen to like like as as an or, or, english teacher no because there's so much english music okay. it's is not it a problem a german teacher with german it's a little bit although with german there are some really cool songs that um well you the have prob- to dig a d- little bit deeper the, you have to dig deeper but the other problem with german is because the students most likely have never heard the song before there's a lot more preparation you have to do to explain the additional vocabulary they won't know. Whereas a lot of the students I have at my school, I have to admit that the the language level is pretty high for them, and they listen to a lot of American music, as you said. So it's not Mm -hmm. as big of a problem for me to want to bring a song into class and have us listen to it or analyze it or do whatever with it. Right, right. Um, So what what are – 
what I what I wrote down to ask you are what characteristics attract you to a song for educational purposes? Let's say German because English might be easier just because you have a mm-hmm. ex- pretty extensive just encyclopedia of songs in your head already. But for German, for example, if you're trying to look for a song for whatever specific purpose, mm-hmm. what would be your Google search terms? Well, well, thankfully with German, I have enough. I have a big enough data bank in my too. head, yeah, where I can post songs for whatever reason. But when I first started teaching German, I would Google like songs with modal verbs in German, or I would usually it would usually be for a grammatical purpose. Now I try to find songs more for a cultural reason. Like in one of my German courses, I chose the song "America" by Rammstein, where it's kind of a satirical. Um, kind of satirical theme about how America is has this kind of overreaching influence everywhere around the world, and they say we're all living in America. America, it's wunderbar, but I think the wunderbar there is meant a little sarcastically or facetiously. Right, yeah, facetiously. Yeah, that's and, a tough word to say. Yeah, it I is. try to avoid it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so we we listened to that song in one of my German classes, and we talked about it. You know, okay, well, what? You know, I was teaching Americans, so it was, I think for them, a lot of them, a big learning moment. I think oh, some Americans don't realize. Uh, yeah. Outsider's perception. Exactly. Exactly. Um, another one I did that we talked about German culture is a song by uh, one of my favorite groups. You won't like them because they're mostly acapella, but they're called Deep <laughs> I don't Pinson. hate acapella. I just don't want to listen to it on my iPod. That's like, fair. I'll go to, a, like, a, like, for example, our school had the euphonics. Mm-hmm. Granted, my one of my very close friends was like the lead leader of it for a bit, but I enjoyed going to those concerts. But like, I'm not gonna listen to them on my iPod. Right, that's fair. I would probably listen to them on my iPod. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I listen. To I would just listen to the actual song. Right, and also I don't want to listen to them bleep out like bleep out the swear words for uh, an audience of 18 plus people. Right, that's fair. Anyways. Um, yeah, so I look. So I did a song called um, "Das." I didn't do it, but we listened to the song <laughs> "Das alles ist Deutschland." That like this is basically this is Germany, or that's all that's Germany. And so it's also it's also kind of a satirical song. It talks about the positives of Germany, but also the negatives of Germany. Like one of my favorite my favorite lines in that song is um, I think it's like "Manche finden es cool ein Arschloch zu sein," which means most. <laughs> find it cool to be an asshole. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a, there are some, there are some parts where there are positive aspects of German culture, but then some that are negative. So I've used right. that in my German classes as well. One uh, song I use uh, very frequently when I'm teaching German, if we're doing verb endings, because in German they conjugate differently, depending on if we're talking I or you or we, he or she, they have different uh, verb endings um, or conjugations. And so I play the song Ich will, I want by Rammstein because it's very repetitive. Mm-hmm. I also use that song as well if I'm teaching modal verbs. Ich will is also an important thing to um, to teach American students because I, for the longest time, didn't realize that it was want to, that will, will means. Mm-hmm. It's a false friend. <laughs> That's an easy... Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. A false friend. Or a false cognate, if you want to get more linguistic. Technical. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I use those songs. They're, you know, it really just depends on what I think any – the cool thing about music is any any song I think you can 
pick apart the pieces and there's some type of language in there you can discuss. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if it's German, French, Arabic, Czech, Spanish, whatever. When we, I did a Halloween lesson a few weeks ago um, at my school and I played my students the Monster Mash. And I had them <laughs> listen to the song and I had them write down any words that they heard that they might associate with Halloween. Yeah, I can't even, I don't even, I mean, I guess I haven't actually listened to that song in full since ever, but <laughs> how do you feel about um, teachers that sometimes play music like in the background? Well, I mean, this doesn't really apply to you because I don't know how much solo work you do, where it's just like you guys go off and, and do something. But how do you feel about teachers that play music in the background? So during, uh, I was one of the co-teachers for a German for kids camp over the summer. And I was actually usually the DJ playing the music in the background when we would do, we would let the kids draw or like do crafts or things like this. And so I think it's great. Uh, I would usually pick, well, you know, my number one was always Johann Strauss, the second. Okay. So So you kept it. You you didn't. It was classical. You you kept all classical. It was all classical. So I would play like um, um, Tales from the, uh, from the Viennese Forest. Geschichte aus der Wienerwald. I would play, of course, uh, On the Blue Danube, or On the Beautiful Blue Danube, even though it's not blue or beautiful, but to each his own. <laughs> it probably was blue and beautiful back then when he wrote it. Um, yeah, where there's less uh, buildings around it. Exactly. And then uh, I would play some Mozart here and there, uh, also some Beethoven and some Schubert. I had a teacher in sixth grade that used to play... Uh, like in my geography class, whenever we'd be doing like some solo work, you'd play um, the greatest hits, like a Queen greatest hits CD. Okay. And that's that's really the only thing you'd play. Um, which yeah, no one complained. Queen's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, you I mean you, you can't really go go wrong right. with the greatest hits of Queen, right. I guess. So. And now, now it's a little difficult because um, most of my cl- actually all of my classes are speaking and listening, so. You know, I think it would distract the students if I had music on in the background when they should be right. talking to each other. But right. yeah, if you're having more them work privately, point. exactly. If you're having them work privately on a task, I I personally think it's a great enhancer um, of the atmosphere or the environment of your classes. Um, and it's really great. I also, I, I do a couple different extracurricular clubs here in um, Komutov as well. And uh, for the technology club I have, we meet in the computer lab, and I let my students listen to music if they want because usually, usually I'll give them a few tasks and they're just doing it on their own. So that's right. when it's a great time for music as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so- I definitely work better with something going on in my headphones at work. Oh, me too. Um, uh, how do you? So we we've joked about School of Rock on here plenty of times. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about? Have you ever? I, I probably asked you this, but have you ever brought your guitar to school before? I have. I I did a, I did an English lesson last year or two years ago, and I it was an English class, and we uh, I had the students write a twelve bar blues. So I taught them a little bit about the history of blues. Um, you know, kind of told them that the you know really with the twelve bar blues, the easiest form is you have one line that repeats. You know, and they wrote lyrics to it, like a yeah. Like a, they wrote their own oh, lyrics. Okay. I wish I would have kept them because some of them were pretty good. Some of them were also pretty funny. Um, but the cool thing about that lesson was there was kind of an unintentional 
um, learn, you know, learnable moment or teachable moment, depending on which side of the fence you're on, where the students also learned a little bit about syllable stress. Because if you didn't yes. have the, if the words rhymed, but they didn't have the same syllable stress or the same amount of syllables, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I never, I never think about that, but probably just because it comes naturally to me. Right. Like if, like this is kind of a stupid example, but like if, if they were to end their, their, one of their 12 bar blues phrases with, I don't know, I'm feeling blue, right? And then the next line, they say something about, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a word that rhymes with blue. Um, I'm missing my little honeydew or something cheesy like that. It wouldn't work because it's too many syllables. Know, that kind of works. Oh, I see what you're saying. If, you yeah. Know, yeah. So, so it was really cool. And that's the nice thing about music is music teaches you, as we've mentioned, oh, yeah, culture, say- vocabulary. Also, though, I think syllable stress and patterns or the rhythm or intonation of a language. Is this when you were volunteering at that um, refugee center? No. This was when okay. I was teaching at, at Michigan State University. Because I was going to say, there might actually be some legitimate blues that could come out of that's true. <laughs> out of some of the... <laughs> well, and that's another thing, too, though, is music. That's why I thought you kept them. I was like, this right. is actually. Uh... <laughs> right. Well, music right is very therapeutic, though. You know, so, oh, yeah. so it might be even good to do a lesson on that. I'm not sure. I mean, when I, when I volunteered at the Refugee Center, though, they told us to steer clear of any, you know, talking about their past and things like that because they didn't right. want to, you know, make them feel sad or uncomfortable, which, you know, I right. can't even imagine, you know, the, the lives of some of these people where they've had to, you know, completely flee their entire country and leave the rest yeah, of their family behind. Their life. Yeah. So, so yeah, but there's just so many benefits to using music. And if you are studying a language by yourself, I would always suggest at least once a day, Listen to one or two songs, even if it's the same song. Listen to it. It'll help you expand your vocabulary. Sing along as cheesy as that sounds, um, but it does really help. Have you had any? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I always tell myself that I need to get better at listen, just listening to German just to keep it. Like, that's literally the least I could do, as, especially as someone that always has headphones on. Just direct some of that headphone time to stuff that's actually in German. Right. And uh, even if I'm only kind of half listening to it and I'm doing something in the background, it's probably beneficial. Although I did learn, like I, could, I listen to podcasts while I work and I do a lot of reading, so I can read and listen to podcasts. Oh, I can't I do did that. Find, I can't do that. I did find out I can't do that with German. I tried that with a German podcast and like my brain would just shut off. Like I like mm-hmm. I, I would be reading in English and my the complete listening part of my brain would just shut off and then I would listen and the complete reading part of my brain would just shut off, shut off. I could not do those at the same time. Oh, I believe it. But I, I can do it, it if it's both the same language or English, I guess I, I probably couldn't. Do I it can't both read shows. and listen to a podcast. I can read and listen to music, but I can't. Ooh, that's just too much for my brain. Uh, you know, I'm a fucking genius. That's true. Um, <laughs> have you had uh, colleagues question the validity of the uh, music in the classroom? Um, Actually, no. I've I've been very fortunate that I think I also really try to have a reason for it. I mean, when I was teaching German at Michigan State University, I would also come to class early every day and just play some music videos just to get the mood right in class. Um, as awkward as that sounded, I realized that after it rolled off my tongue. But you know, I wanted also they didn't have see like your move when you said it just to get the mood. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. I was just I was just trying to, you know, 
give the students kind of a, a fun atmosphere in class. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, language learning itself can be very stressful. And if you have anxiety, it can induce even more anxiety. And so I would always try to have, you know, really fun music at the beginning of class just to get everyone to lighten up a little bit, relax. And, uh, but, you know, I think if, if I were to use music and every one of my lessons is in like taking class time um, from it, maybe then my colleagues would get a little skeptical, but usually they've been very supportive in letting me use music in the classroom. Nice. Shout out to them. Absolutely. Um, so I, I thought of some ideas for language teachers like you. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, we might've even, even already hit on some of them. Um, okay. Tell students to bring in their favorite English speaking song or whatever language you're teaching. And the student must interpret it or explain why they chose that song to the class. Mm -hmm. Have you done something like that before? I have a, an extracurricular club that's literally called the Music and English Conversation Club. And every week they do that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, this one is from an English learning administrator named Chris, uh, Christina Robertson. And she says... Uh, I play a soft selection of classical music and have the students write down all the adjective adjectives that come to mind. And then she then, you know, after the song's over, she says, why do you choose these adjectives? That's and great. And what other people like see if other people have similar uh, adjectives or why it's different mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, play a song for the class and give them the lyrics with certain blanks. Yep, I've done that before. Okay, well, there you go. I'm actually Only going to be doing was, that uh, when we do Empire State of Mind. Well, see, I'm glad that the one that the one that you haven't done, I was kind of my favorite, which was the uh, play the classical music, or it doesn't even have to be classical music, but any song, mm -hmm. and to just write down like adjectives. Right. Well, I'm gonna ask. But I think my... classical music's good because there's no words, and right. it's like you can't use anything from the song to. Uh, exactly. As a, as a clue. Exactly. But I I'm actually going to ask my classes when we do our New York lesson if they think Empire State of Mind is a positive or negative song about New York. Hmm. So I'm curious to see what they think. It will be interesting. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, because you talked about how, sorry, goddamn animal crackers. Because <laughs> so, he talks about how it's like like a rough place and mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's. Don't be giving our students any ideas, Jared. I'm not, I'm not going to give them. I know some of your students listen, so I'm not going to give them any hints. But that, I will say this, that has been a debate for for. For ages, mm -hmm. I mean, there it's you. I often hear people in New York talk about how, um, you know, there's the people that say, Oh, I miss the old New York, right? But then there are also the people that say, like, the old New York sucked, <laughs> you right. know, like <laughs> it's like, Well, you mean the New York where you can get stabbed in Times Square? It's like, No, I, I don't, I don't miss that, right? And so, there, there is this debate of what makes New York great, and so I don't think that gave anything away, I think that's just framing the uh. <laughs> the discussion because I, because I, I don't i don't i don't know the answer i mean there's not really an answer right but hopefully it will bring an interesting discussion well i really appreciate you bringing up those three things uh ideas for teachers i'd like to give three ideas for our listeners who are learning the language on their own and then we'll okay. move on to the song of the pod so okay. um, number one i would say when you listen to music especially new music look up the lyrics whether it's on YouTube and you're reading along while you're listening or just Google the lyrics and find them. Um, if you're lucky, especially if you're learning English as a foreign language, 
I would highly suggest checking out the website genius.com because they have really great annotations and notes about the song. Uh, I actually listened to the song I'm Not Racist by Joyner Lucas during one of my music. Previous and song of the pod? Uh, yes, and a previous song of the pod with my students. And we went on Genius and read some of the annotations, and it was really good. It was Well, wow, that's a, a heavy song for class. It is, but it was a really good discussion. Um, so that would be my tip number one. Tip number two is, um, you know, really try to listen. I mean, most music is fairly repetitive. So try to say the words with the song, or even if it's something that's really repetitive, you could even write down the chorus. And this is a way to expand your vocabulary and better remember the song lyrics. And the last thing I would suggest for all of our listeners out there who want to use music to help them learn a language is um, to also kind of branch out and try to listen to other music with, you know, in that same language so you can learn even more vocabulary and have more access to cultural information as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. So we hope our, uh, our episode today has helped you. Um, Figure out some ways for teachers and students how to use music uh, to help you learn a language. And without further ado, uh, I would like to discuss our song of the pod today, which is by a German artist. Uh, his stage name is Clouseau, and he is from Erfurt, Germany, which is East Germany, not too far from Leipzig. Um, and the song is called Barfuß or Barefoot. And uh, what are your thoughts on it, Jared? Um, well... Much like the title of his song, his style is very bafus. I believe it's just acoustic, and him. Am I, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I think so. And and so it's it's a um, it. So he's a uh, yeah. It's just him playing a, a guitar and then uh, and singing. I, I think I assume he's a guitar player. Yeah, I, yeah. Guess, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, he is. And it's um, it's a it's 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 relaxing yet kind of uh, like I. Uh, from from at least from what I got because it's in German. I, I mean, my German's pretty good, but I I always wonder if I actually understand these songs. But it seems like he's all he's he's saying like like he's been through struggles and he's now just kind of letting go. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the sense I got. Am yeah. I am I am I right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I would say so yeah. And 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 he and he's sta- and it's it seemed like he was talking about letting go of control and mm-hmm. and just um sort of kind of freeing himself to. Did he, I don't know. Now this is more of a memory thing. Did he mention something about playing as a guitar as well? I I'm not sure. Maybe. But okay. For, I just don't for example, I only listen to it once because you you you're busy. It's early. No worries. Um. <laughs> well, I love the lines. He says, um, "Always when I try out something new, um, I'm walking like I'm uh, barefoot over glass." Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I think it is a little bit like what you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How'd you choose it? Because you chose this song. So a colleague of mine actually used this song in one of her German classes at MSU. Um, and I remember her telling me, oh, have you tried using Barfuß in your German classes? And I haven't yet, and I want to use Shout this to one her. in the future. Yeah. But it's a great song. He is a really good songwriter. The guitar is really nice. It's also, I think, a really relaxing song. Um, mm-hmm. A little insight to my own private personal life. This is one of the songs on my post-workout playlist, actually. 
Okay. So as I'm walking oh, home, mellow you down. Yeah, as I'm walking home you, and my and I'm waddling like a penguin because my legs are super sore already. This gets is you down off the on. adrenaline rush of that pump. Exactly. Exactly. So check it out. Our song of the pod today is Barfuß by Clouseau. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. song. We hope you enjoy it and you can learn some new German words while listening. So now moving on, we're going to switch gears and switch languages. And I have a sadly no phrase today, but just a word, a Czech word of the pod. I wanted this to be fitting. And the word is hudba. Do you know what hudba means, Jared? Sorry, I asked you mid chew with your no. uh, animal crackers. <laughs> I'm good. I was trying to think because at first I was like, wait, you want it to be fitting. So I was like, all right, our topic was music uh, for education. Is hudba song? Nope. It's more general than song. Lyrics? Nope. Well, that's not more general. It's music. Actually... It's the Czech word for oh, music. Hudba. Uh-huh. I thought I heard you. I thought when you were giving your um, your you know I didn't guess music is because when you were giving your untranslatables, you said music different, like as there's, music there's, or something. Yes, like there's that. two phrases you can use. You can use musica or hudba. So the okay, untranslatable music. Yeah, the untranslatable I gave you was um, hudba. Uh, Budot's uh, Nosti, which is um, music of the future. Hudba. That was one of them? Hudba. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't even notice that because yeah. the other one had music in it, didn't it? Yeah, the other one had music. The other one has hudba. Oh, I didn't even catch yes. that. Hudba you, seems more popular, bastard. though. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I thought that would be a cool Czech word of the pod for this episode. Hudba, which is Czech for yeah. music. That's one of the first and- Czech words I learned, actually. And it's very useful for your life as a. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I um, mean, you could use you could get a, get some use out of that. Actually, I want to add one more uh, useful um, check word of the pod today, and that okay. word is kitari. Okay, what's that? Kitari is guitar. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because hudba <laughs> and kitari are two words that I um, tried to learn before I came here. Um, oh, <laughs> so I would know where the music stores are and where the guitar stores are, or if anyone, or if there's an opportunity for you to play at someone's apartment bar. Exactly. You know, uh, how, what to tell them what you uh, what you play? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do you know? How to, do you know how to say I play guitar? Not yet. I'm getting there, okay, but you not probably yet. get on uh-huh, that. Yeah. That might come in handy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could say if I knew if I knew the word for guitarist, I could say I am a guitarist. Yeah, but I'm not how sure do you say? Word... You don't, do you know how to change like a guitar to guitarist? No. Mm-mm. Okay, I don't. Well, you're st- you're still a, still a beginner. Still that's your, for sure. And your journey, right? Exactly. And you know that's the beautiful thing about language learning is we all are on our own journeys, and we all need to just respect the fact that for me it may take longer than some other people here living in the Czech Republic. I might be right. able to do it a little faster than other people, and that's totally okay. You know, I think. And, and, but. And, and now you even have, uh, now that we do this podcast, there's literal proof of like how sort of flustered you were first getting around mm-hmm. to now you might not be, um, you know, you're still not, you know, don't know a lot of stuff, but you don't seem as flustered or concerned putting yourself in situations where you know you're going to like kind of have to like, oh, uh, not at all, tread water a little right. bit. To, yeah. I mean, yesterday when I was looking for sweatpants, it was right. a really interesting. Because I, I asked the I asked the woman if she spoke English or German and she she couldn't, but we made it work. Um, Nuvete Anglitsky. Yeah, I literally asked her that. 
<laughs> I said Muvete Angliski Nebo Nemiecki, which is do you speak English or German? Or German? Yeah. You see you got it. You're good. Your your check is practically better than mine. <laughs> All right, Jared. Well, I want to move on. I have a few jokes today, some music jokes. So, Jared, what do you call Bach, Mozart, Haydn, and Beethoven? Dead. Ooh, hit that ham horn. Hit no that way. ham horn. Hell yes. <laughs> yes. I figured I'd start us out with kind of a dark joke. I figured you'd enjoy that one. <laughs> Oh my yeah, god. Dead. That's right. That's right. I was hoping you'd be like, I don't know, composer, and then I'd be like, dead, but you got I it. I did not think I'd get that. Yeah. I thought I was gonna say that that you'd actually be like, nope. <laughs> no, you got it. All right. So as as you and our listeners probably know by now, I am a guitarist and I found a good guitarist joke and a pianist joke for you. So okay. how do you get a guitarist to play softer or stop playing? Um, I, I, I don't know. Put sheet music in front of him. <laughs> uh, that would probably slow you down. Not anymore. Oh, Not no, it, no it, would, it would slow me down. Still would. Oh, it would slow yeah. me down big time. <laughs> I can read sheet music, but I can't sight read. Um, right. And because yes, I haven't okay. been playing classical guitar now in sadly three months, your sheet You've reading skills yeah, can go really fast. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's important to be able to read some basic sheet music though. Like I can easily pick out chords and stuff, which is nice. Okay, my second joke or my last joke is just for you, Jared. How That's do you also, get? This is also your third joke, yes. by the way. Yes, sorry. You said second. My third joke. <laughs> how do you get a pianist to play softer? Oh, how do you get a pianist to play softer? I don't know. I don't know. Take away their sheet music. Oh, I feel like a lot, a lot of pianists would protest to that. Yeah, but I think there are a lot of classically trained pianists that always have the sheet music in front of them. I think jazz pianists, yeah, it's no problem. My my piano teacher, um, some I I think she kind of views sheet music as a crutch. Yeah, I I agree. So and kudos says, to her. She says once you learn it, don't don't just put it in front of you out of habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and she she harps on on memorizing everything and and, and not and 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 get and, and not focusing on. Sheet I music. think it's really important to memorize things. Uh, yeah, because that kind of helps you not focus so much on on the notes and more on the feeling. Right, I, it's, I think her her thought. Like I played, I would say ninety percent of my senior guitar recital memorized. Even I, uh, even my last recital that I did, I, I played it memorized too, and I was only like a year in at that point. Yeah, but it's much better, and I think it's also more musical if you have it memorized because you don't have to. Yeah, because it's a crutch to stare. Because yeah, you're staring at the notes when it's like you, it's unnecessary use of your attention because you you know it. It's just exactly because you feel you're like just in case I somehow lose my spot or get messed up. Right. I'll be able to find where I'm at. It's like, it doesn't really work like Which that. Which a bonus tip to all of our language learners slash musicians out there, you should also practice playing a piece in different spots because most people always start in the beginning Dude. and end at the end. But sometimes start in the middle. Start right before the We're end. so simpatico right now. Right. I, I had a piano lesson two days ago, and I, I'm starting some new songs, some Christmassy Oh, stuff. nice. And... Um, my and my piano teacher, we were just we were cut, before we started a new song. We we uh, 
we do that we analyze the form of it you know mm-hmm. ABA and mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. and um, she was telling me that um, to start like it's it's useful to start learning the hardest parts first and the harder part happened to be the coda which mm-hmm. in music talk is the sort of the conclusion of the song right and uh, so she said start with the coda and start learning that and then we said you know B was the second hardest she's like so it, she's like just learn it backwards and yep. then and it's like and, and I said that's and I said I like this because. I have. It's rare that I've. I've never really practiced like that before. Even though we've talked about it, I've never mm-hmm. really committed to doing that. And it's noticeable where, you like, you'll be very comfortable in the beginning parts, and then always kind of feel like like the end always kind of feels like the challenging part of every song to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just because out of sort of the way I practice, it usually ends up being the least practiced section. Yeah, yeah. I think that's common with most musicians. And you also don't want to be that person who can only play a clean intro. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was my problem when I was younger because my guitar teachers weren't very strict. And so I'd learn the intro really well, and then the middle and the end of the song would fall apart. Um, right. So yeah. like, it, like it almost seems like – I can think about this on some songs, like some uh, the Bach stuff I played, where it almost feels like the song gets progressively harder the, like as it goes mm-hmm. along. But it's like, no, I, you just – just because you, I'm not – I'm not disciplined with practicing chunks. That is just I end up practicing the beginning way more right. than I do the end. And I think if you practice in chunks as well, it gives you a deeper appreciation for the music you're playing. Yes, and understanding of that section. Exactly. Rather than just, yeah, I, I think so too. So I'm actually, I haven't practiced since Wednesday, which is not good. I've been practicing way less recently. But uh, I, I'm kind of excited to... Uh, to see, so maybe that's what I'll do with my day off is actually practice. There you go. Uh, I'm excited to see how that how that goes. Nice. Let us know because I'm in. curious. Yeah, we'll check in. Um, nice. Well, it has come to that time uh, for me to send us off with a quote. So I have another quote from Confucius. He has a lot of golden quotes. Who that? And this quote is: "Music produces a kind of pleasure which human nature cannot do without." And I would add to that: I think language learning can also not do without. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with that. It, it, it adds a whole different dimension to, um, to, to, to human interaction that you can't get just from conversation. Exactly. Exactly. And I think music is, at least for me, I've been a lover of music ever since I was a child. And I think it's just such a, a great part of life. And, um, it's also really been helpful for me as a language learner. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I got – I really started getting into music not too young, probably maybe like middle school. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, – I'm not that I didn't listen to music before that, but I wasn't that into it before that. And it was really just because um, because my sister was into it and she's older than me, and I would just listen to all the stuff she listened to. So, yeah, I mean, that's ghost of what Confucius is saying is that, like, it, it's bigger than, than – like it, it adds a whole new di- dimension to relationships and mm-hmm. and and how you communicate with people because that's something that me and my sister still bond over today and share you know songs mm-hmm. back and forth. Oh, and definitely sh- new artists and all that stuff. So and you bring up yeah. a good point. That's a great way to bond with people in different cultures. One of my closest friends in Germany, um, my buddy David, uh, we bonded over our love for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, that's music is just such an amazing thing. Um, so we hope you all enjoyed our episode today about music and language learning. We hope you can take advantage of some of the tips and tricks we have uh, given you. 
And let us know what music you enjoy listening to in a foreign language, either via our Twitter, Untranslatable1, or our Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast, or send us an email. We would love to have a link to the song. And maybe it could also become a future song of the podcast at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. We thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. We wouldn't be here without you, and we hope you all have a great morning, evening, or um, I guess that's about it, morning, afternoon, or evening, and we will talk to you all next time. Next time.